Welcome back. Welcome back to the Rise Up Radio Show, where every Monday through Friday, need to get used to that. That's right. Five days a week, ladies and gentlemen, Monday through Friday from 7, 8 a.m. Central Standard Time. I'll be bringing you news, views, and tools you can use to live a free, prosperous, and sustainable life. And you'll be able to hear us on LRN.FM. That's the Liberty Radio Network. Big shout out to Ian Freeman and everybody up there at the Free State, the Shire, the so-called Shire. Uh, for making this possible and for inviting me on to this wonderful network, doing a lot of good things, spreading the message of liberty worldwide. Right now, I am very pleased to bring on the first guest here on the Rise Up Radio show, who is a Rise Up Radio favorite, none other than Stefan Molyneux. He is the host of FreeDomainRadio.com. It's the largest philosophical conversation in the world, and I'm very grateful that the largest philosophical conversation going on in the world is about liberty. So, uh, Stefan, thank you for coming on the program. How are you doing this morning? Well, I must tell you, I, I feel that the congratulations on the new, uh, the new show. Of course, John, I just I feel that your tagline should be "Liberty." It happens while it's still dark outside because That's it's right. uh, it is the grip of death. Winter here, the claws of ice are closing around my brain, so um, it's early, but uh, fa- fortunately I can slip in a radio show before I have to go and milk the cows. So congratulations. Uh, please get an afternoon show next time. That's my only request. Other than that, I'm, I'm entirely behind you. Well, to overcome the cold weather, I strongly advise people moving to central Texas where uh, it's a little bit cold outside, but it's not too overbearing. So if you ever want to make the flock down south, uh, Stefan, we'd love to have you down here in Austin. John, when you say it's a little bit cold outside, um, could you put that in, in perspective for my Canadian listeners? Because, because we may be using the words in a slightly different context. Uh, are, are your livestock actually freezing to the ground and need to be chipped away no. uh, with little uh, winter elves? Uh, is that what's happening? No, is, they're not. Is, it's- is Santa on his way back to the North Pole actually frozen in a cloud stuck to the top of a Christmas tree? That's what I want to know. No, we've actually only had about seven freezes, six freezes this winter here in Texas. So it's 36 degrees right now, which is actually really cold for how the weather has been. But I imagine what's, – what's, what's going on up there in Canada? Uh, well, it's – actually, we had a warm day yesterday. Uh, and, and that normally would be a good thing, except when you've had a fair amount of snow, a warm day turns pretty much the entire country into what looks like a recreation of a World War One trench movie, uh, so uh, you sort of go knee-deep in frozen mud and all that. So given the temperatures here, I just – if you know – if you need to take a commercial break, I'm afraid this is the time in live radio when the philosopher cries, weeps gently, and hugs himself slowly. But uh, anyway, let's get on with the topic. Uh, congratulations again on the new show, and uh, what's on our brains this morning? Thanks. Yeah, the show is only an hour. It used to be three hours, so me and you had some one-hour conversations. They'll have to be condensed, so as you said, let's go ahead and get with it. I believe today we're going to be chatting about gun control, and ah. then I'd like to uh, steer the conversation towards – Exploring alternatives to using violence in order to solve problems, whether the problem is a tyrannical government or an unruly child, because I feel far too often uh, most Americans, most anybody, Canadians included, even libertarians seem to often continue to use violence as a means of solving problems, uh, even with their children. So we want to get into that. But first, let's chat gun control. Of course, the Sandy Hook massacre took place recently with 20 children dead. And six adults dying as well at the hands of a gunman uh, who was, of course, on psychotropic drugs. But uh, that has reignited the discussion and the call for gun control across the country. So I guess we'll just start with this question. Do you believe keeping firearms 
banning firearms, banning semi-automatics, handguns, registration, is this going to prevent these violent atrocities from happening in the future? Well, no. I mean, the, the tragic fact, of course, is that the school was already a gun-free zone, which mm-hmm. you, you can't make American society. That's 300 million guns in America already. I mean, they're not going away. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, even if you were to try to get them away, um, 80% of the gun-related homicides in the United States are f- occur by people are committed by people who already have a criminal record. And of course, with the drug cartels, you've got a huge pipeline of guns coming up from Mexico, some of which, of course, were deposited there by the U.S. government. Uh, <laughs> and so there's simply no, no possibility of getting rid of the guns. You already had a gun-free zone. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. you know, we, we have this uh, weapon uh, in society already. We can't make it magically go away. And so uh, you can't get rid of the guns. And so what you need to do, of course, is you need to have a consistent moral principle, which is that uh, everybody has the right to to have a weapon. People don't realize, of course, the generally left-wing media doesn't report this, of course, but um, if you remember James Holmes, the uh, shooter of the Batman theater, uh, mm-hmm. he actually drove out of his way to the only theater around that posted that guns were not allowed inside. Uh, and yeah. so he, he bypassed theaters where concealed carry uh, permit weapons, of which there are about 3% in the neighborhood. So a couple of hundred people, you're going to have probably five or 10 people who have, who have weapons. He drove out of his way to avoid people who might have weapons and made sure that he was in a theater where people were disarmed. If you make more theaters disarmed, if you make more of society disarmed, uh, all you're doing is you're sending poachers out into the jungle without a weapon. And uh, there are predators in human society. It's truly tragic, but there are sociopaths and psychopaths and people who have no conscience and people who will do great evil. And waving away weapons is not going to stop them from doing their evil. It's simply going to reduce the chances of prevention. I mean, I'm very strongly anti-violence. I believe in self-defense in an extremity, but I'm very strongly anti-violence. And because of that, you know, (laughs) it's really important to to make sure that people have the weaponry needed to defend themselves against these intraspecies predators called criminals. I mean, we can work over the long run to reduce the prevalence of criminality, and there's a lot that we can do about that. But they're here now. You know, I don't think I've ever seen, frankly, a zombie film at the beginning where they say, let's get rid of all of our weapons and reason with them. Uh, it just doesn't happen. Unfortunately, a, a certain type of predator is simply that conscienceless, that remorseful, uh, that violent. And um, we, we simply can't wish them away any more than we can wish the guns away. That's right. And, uh, you know, the gun-free school zones or uh, this is a gun-free zone like the Lubies down here in Texas where, where a bunch of people were killed about a decade ago. Uh, it seems like you might as well have a sign that says uh, any crazed uh, uh, psychos come on here. It's a, it's a victim disarmament zone, and we'll make sure you rack up a kill score enough to get you published in the, in, worldwide and, and to go down in fame. If guns aren't the root cause of this type of activity, these mass shootings happen, in your opinion, what are some of the reasons why these mass shootings seem to be more prevalent this day and age than, say, when you were growing up? Well, to be statistically fair, they're on their way down uh, in terms of, I mean, sometimes the incidents are higher, and certainly the publicity is, is higher and the avenues by which we can get the information about them. But violent crime as a whole is, is mm-hmm. on a huge decrease in the United States. It's down by about half from 10 or 15 years ago. Uh, and there's a wide variety of reasons for that, uh, demographics and I think better child raise and so on. But people, More police. You know, it's, it, it's important to remember that a situation like Sandy Hook, to say that we need to have the government step in and do something about it, 
is to not understand the degree to which the government was already involved. So it was a government school. Mm -hmm. It was government police who were supposed to respond. Uh, It was um, government administrators and teachers who were supposed to keep the children safe. Uh, It was government psychologists and psychiatrists who were supposed to deal with, identify with and deal with mental health uh, issues. Uh, This, all of the shooters, to my knowledge, went to government schools for over a decade. So Mm -hmm. who was responsible for their moral training? Uh, so mm-hmm. I think it's this is not a government-free zone. When you, but so so, but whenever you hear this stuff, people say, "Oh, we need to have the government step in." It's like, but the government's already all over it. And the other thing that's important to remember, of course, is that people nobody is against gun control, as far as I know it. The people on the most, uh, the people on the left, or the people who are the most rabid for gun control should actually use the correct term, which we want a gun monopoly, right? They want guns, the ownership of guns, the use of guns to be concentrated in the hands of a political elite that are fundamentally unaccountable. And boy, if you know anything about history, that never leads to a particularly good place. Yeah, for sure. And history repeats itself. That's right. They want everyone, they want no one to have guns except for themselves. And you know, if you want people to turn in guns, let's start with one of the most violent gangs in the world, and that's the police departments here in the United States. We're coming up on a break. This is the Rise Up Radio Show. We're chatting with Stefan Molyneux, freedomainradio.com. On the flip side, we're going to explore alternatives to using violence as a means of solving problems from revolution to parenting. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for the round of applause there. Uh, does wonders for my ego. This is the Rise Up Radio Show here. On LRN.FM, that's the Liberty Radio Network, broadcasting, uh, I guess they're based in Keene, New Hampshire. want to give a big shout-out to uh, old Ian Freeman up there and the LRN.FM crew and everything they're doing up at FSP. Looking forward to coming up for Liberty Forum and good old Pork Vest, so definitely check that out. But for people that are looking for an alternative, you can also check out Lone Star Libertopia. It's an effort to encourage liberty activists to move down to central Texas to participate in the growing liberty movement. Hopefully uh, Ian Freeman won't mind that we're broadcasting on LRN.FM and encouraging people to check out this alternative, the Free State Project. But we're going to be working together to create free societies all over the place. And right now we're joined by Stefan Molyneux of FreeDomainRadio.com. Excellent website, excellent podcast, great YouTube videos, and most importantly, it's a very powerful and insightful message that – well, actually, Stefan Molyneux got number one on Gigi Bowman's 2012 Liberty Inspiration Award. Uh, I snuck in there uh, tying for another person for fifth place, but uh, essentially how it worked was people were asked to send in little tidbits of why people inspire them. And if, if you look at Molyneux's, it's the whole packet of, of people that were nominated. It's like 150 people. It's like 30 pages, and about 10 of them is all for Stefan Molyneux. But uh, he really impacts a lot of people's lives and, and causes people to to think in ways that they probably had never even contemplated before, changing not only their view of the world, but more importantly, I believe, the way they live their lives. And for this last segment here, I guess we only got about eight minutes. It's a short program. Uh, I want to chat about alternatives to violence, practical alternatives that individuals can use in their daily life in order to create a world where we no longer depend on violence as a means of, of problem solving. I don't depend on it, but it seems like so many people do. So let's get right into that and start uh, with parenting. Stefan Molyneux, do you believe spanking has a positive effect on a child's behavior or a negative effect? 
Well, hopefully such an essential question wouldn't come down to my beliefs. The, fortunately, we don't have to deal with our beliefs. We simply have to look at the, the facts. The, the science is, is very clear on it that it is destructive. The uh, Academy of Pediatrics has come out against it. The Academy of, uh, sorry, the AMA has come out against it. Uh, and, uh, of course, it's illegal in, in many of the countries around the world. It is, um, it is a violation of the non-aggression principle. The non-aggression principle, of course, is thou shalt not initiate the use of force against others, but you can use force in an extremity of self-defense. And there's really, unless your child is actively coming at you with a flaming anteater and a chainsaw or something, it's hard to think how spanking a child could be an act of self-defense. And therefore, it is an initiation of force against a disarmed and helpless and dependent person. Children, of course, don't have economic independence. Uh, they don't have um, legal independence. And uh, therefore, because they're dependent, we should have the highest moral standards in our relationships with them, right? So like if, if you, you want your wife to marry you, sorry, if you want your wife to love you, then you, you know, choose the right person, woo her well, you get married and hopefully live happily ever after. But if your wife was assigned to you by your culture or your government in some sort of arranged marriage, if you really wanted her to love you, and overcome the involuntary nature of the relationship, you would have to treat her like super extra Hallmark card every morning rose petals in her tea special mm -hmm. to overcome the fact that she wasn't there by choice. Uh, children, uh, I say this as a father myself, uh, children are not with us by choice. And so we need to have the highest moral standards in our interactions with children to ensure that their love overcomes the involuntary nature of their relationship and the lack of independence that they have. And so we, of course, abhor the idea of hitting spouses. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, that's, of course, entirely right. And we don't go around hitting friends. Uh, we don't get what we want at work by hitting people. If um, an employee doesn't do what we want them to do, uh, we don't uh, spank them in the boardroom. I mean, maybe uh, <laughs> certain places on the West Coast, but not in general. It's a business practice. And yet we have this other standard when it comes to children where, because they're helpless and dependent, we suddenly can treat them worse. Whereas my argument would be the more dependent and helpless they are, the better we need to treat them. And so that, I think, is something that is hard for people to get, but it's just a natural extension of the peace and virtue and negotiation that we want in society. What do we want in society? Those of us who want freedom. We want force to not be used to settle human disputes. Uh, mm. Taxes and regulation and debt and fiat currency and inflation and ugh, all the mess that goes on. We don't want war to be a way that, that disputes are solved among countries. We just don't want violence to be used in the pretense of solving complex problems and the relationship between a parent and a child is complex uh, and it should be negotiated and uh, we should set aside violence in that sphere where we have the most control. But of course, a lot of people in the liberty movement are still focusing their efforts on areas where they have no control, you know, foreign policy, the Federal Reserve, yeah. uh, tax policy and so on. Whereas, you know, <laughs> freedom and peace uh, really, really does begin in the home. Yeah, it begins at home and, and it begins in the heart. Let me run by a couple objections that I'm getting from uh, libertarians for the most part about spanking. I've been uh, posting some provocative uh, comments on my Facebook and they usually are along the lines of uh, my belief that it's hypocritical to believe it's wrong for government to use violence as a means of changing people's behavior and to simultaneously believe it's okay to use violence in order to change your children's behavior. Now, let me give you two objections that I get and get your take on those. Uh, and then I want to chat about revolution before we wrap up here. 
most people say when I when I make that claim, they say, well, spanking isn't violence. So I want to get your take on that. And then they also say that many children are too young to reason with and to teach them between right and wrong or safe and unsafe. So we need to use violence to to show them what's right and wrong by by having them be afraid of, of the fear of future violence. So what's your take on those two objections, those that say spanking is not, in fact, violence, and those that say children are too young to reason with, so we need to go ahead and hit them? Well, if spanking isn't violence, then obviously it's legal between adults, and therefore you can go and spank anyone you want, and it's not violent. Of course, if you try spanking an adult, you will be charged with assault, and so it clearly is violence. Uh, otherwise, it would be legal among adults. Uh, so, uh, Also, people will generally say, well, spanking, oh, it's not abusive, it's just a little swat on the butt and so on. But that, of course, is not the purpose of spanking. The purpose of spanking is to create such an aversion in the mind and heart of the child that the child fundamentally changes behavior. Right? So people say, well, if your child is reaching for a hot, something on a hot stove or is running into the street or whatever it is, trying to split the atom in the basement, <laughs> you know, you go in and you spank them. So a spanking has to be something of sufficient fear and pain that the child will fundamentally change behavior. So to say that it is not violence, and yet to say that it has to create enough fear and pain in the child to fundamentally change behavior is a complete contradiction. If you mm -hmm. are not spanking violently, you're not doing spanking right, <laughs> you know, because spanking is supposed to be uh, something which the child is very afraid of and will fundamentally change the behavior. So of course, mm -hmm. of course it's violence. It's illegal among adults and it causes fear and pain uh, and so on. So. I mean, just, just try it with an adult. Try it with a, an officer who pulls you over. Say, officer, um, <laughs> I, I do not accept your legal right to pull me over because of your blue costume. I'm afraid I'm going to have to put you over my knee and paddle you. <laughs> uh, so not only is that <laughs> the opening of the worst pornographic film probably in the history of mankind, but not something that is wisely advisable to do uh, in, in any sort of real-world situation. Um, and the, the idea that if you don't, you know, children are too young to reason with and therefore you should spank them. Well, why is that just a principle that only applies to children? What if you're in a debate with somebody who refuses to accept facts and refuses to accept rational arguments? Well, clearly they're being irrational and therefore you should spank them. Uh, how's that going to go down? Well, of course it's not going to go down. That would simply be assault. And uh, <laughs> secondly, it's like saying, well, children don't know the words for things when they're very young. So what we need to do is scream gibberish at them so they learn language. The whole point is, of course, children are born unable to reason in an abstract sense. So how do you teach them to reason? Yeah. By hitting them? Of course not. You don't yeah. teach someone to reason by hitting them. You teach them to reason. You teach them to reason by the magical process of actually reasoning with them, not by hitting them. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And many people, I mean, if you just communicate with your children, especially from a very young age, uh, their reasoning abilities actually start popping up there very, very early. And people will be surprised when they actually uh, look at their children as peers rather than, uh, you know, little unprogrammed children that don't know any better. And it's my belief that uh, the use of violence against children makes people receptive as adults to the idea of coercion and, and falling in line out of due, uh, out of fear of future violence, just like what happens with a state. And, and it's my belief that if we are to break away from violence in the home, it'll make it easier for people as adults to see the violent nature of the state. And before we let you go, we're coming up on the end of the program, just to uh, Quick question. Do you think violent revolution is five, ten seconds? Do you think violent revolution is a way to create a free society or will we just end up in the same problem we are today? 
violent revolution is fundamentally given the power of the state suicidal at the moment and we our children deserve better and you simply reject violence in your own life you reject people who refuse to reject violence in their own lives and that's how we build a peaceful society revolution's been tried for 5000 years and this is where we've got we need to do something different yeah right on thank you stefan for coming on the show that's stefan molyneux freedomainradio.com